We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Bradford Show. That's my open. That's what they used to call me. Swivel hits Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradford Show. That's delicious. Making a second appearance on the Bradford Show. One for one. He's been invited back. Matt Barnes. You're a little less nervous this time around, aren't you? Yeah, the first. There's a lot of expectations the first time. And yeah. Well, you said. I remember you saying you went on. You went on a run. You were good for a week. So if you're good for a week, then you get on the show, and you're like, don't jinx me, don't jinx me. But you were good for a week, and you didn't stop being good. So there you go. You know that you can do this podcast. It's not your show. It's or not well, your podcast. It's not a show. It's a podcast. Yes. Right. It's not your podcast. Nope. It's not it that. Actually, no, it probably helps. It helps. It actually helped. The only person it didn't ever help was when I did with Brock Holt. Uh-huh. And, and he basically... The minute that I published the podcast, the moment, the actual moment that I published the podcast, he pulled up lame with a hamstring injury. So he's not coming back? No, he said he's not coming back. That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) All right. So uh, since we did the last podcast, which was probably in the first week of the season last year in Tampa, um, you got married. Congratulations. I did. Thank you very much. Yep. Tell me about your honeymoon. (laughs) Not everything, but just tell me about your honeymoon. (laughs) Uh, it was fun. We went to Jamaica. We uh, we did the the Sandals Resorts down in White House, so uh, it was it was awesome. We stayed in the water bungalows, um, hung out on the beach. We were there for four days, so we we didn't stay terribly long, but it was I mean it was amazing. It really was. Did you did you uh, when I went to my honeymoon in Sandals? I did Sandals in St. Lucia, okay. and you meet like the other couple, like yeah. so you hang out with. Do you do that or? No, we were we stayed by ourselves the whole time. Okay, all right, yeah, good for you. We kind of did our own thing. <laughs> when you invite when you have a wedding, yep. How do you, who gets the what's the cutoff? Like it might get a little dicey because you have teammates, but yep. like so what's Dude, was anyone here pissed that you get invited to your wedding? I invited the whole team, so I just made it easy. Yeah. I invited everybody, and then whoever was going to come, come, and they couldn't, they couldn't. Did you give anybody crap for not coming? No. No, I mean, I get it. I get it. You know, it was, we were in Florida, and it was right before winter weekend, so I mean, it would have been a lot of going here and then going there and traveling and stuff for guys, and so, no, I get it. Who was the most surprise, surprising person that went? That you said, oh man, I invited them, but I didn't think they would go. I don't know if that, I don't know if anybody. Really? No, I don't think so. No, five guys in the team came. Who? Sale, Sale, DP, Jackie. That's David Price. Yeah. That's two DP. Dustin Bedroy is also his initials. He's PD. Yes. Uh, Heater, which is Heath Embry, and Vasky, which is Christian Vasquez. <laughs> I like how when you you bend in to like, you bend, yeah, to make this perfectly clear that it's Christian Vasquez and Heath Embry. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, congratulations. Good stuff. Uh, so tell me why you could be a closer in the Major League Baseball. 
Well, you're jumping right into the yeah. I mean, question. like, I mean, like, I softened you up with the wedding wedding question, and I want this. This is about honest. I think we, next we, time, I'm gonna ask for a sheet of questions so I can prepare. Why? <laughs> yeah. Um, we. Well, yeah, by the way, going back to last last time you were on the podcast, we we were the first, maybe ever, to break down something that ever, should be broken down a whole lot more, which is the the pitchers, the relief pitchers' gates, like gate in terms of how they run in from. And and I'm sure that every time you actually ran in from the bullpen, it was in your head, yeah. right? It was. Make sure, make sure it's a good jog. Right. So you paid a lot more attention to how people run you have to in. Try and look athletic. Yes, that's what we came as, to. As, as best as best you can. Well, we said like Kimbrel. Kimbrel is like you know, chest out. Right. It's like that's a that's a run in. Right. Um, some guys just kind of meander, and some guys take the cart now, so there really is no run. Well, we talked about that. That was the reason we talked about it because the cart thing was all new. Right. And um, and did did anyone take the cart? Or, yeah. Uh, did Brazier take it in? Detroit, maybe. I think Brazier might have taken it in Detroit. Well, why? Because we made him. Well, we'll we'll get to that with him when he comes <laughs> down to Twin Peaks for his Twin Peaks podcast. Okay. Um, and uh, so nobody else. That seems like I don't know if anybody else took it. I don't. Okay. All right. All right. We're procrastinating. So why? Tell me why you could okay. be a closer in the in the Major League Baseball. Um. No, and this, I, this is like, you know, I tell yeah. my daughter, my daughter is a senior in college. She's going for job interviews, right? I say, be confident. Right. Like, be be confident and don't be cocky, but be confident and sell yourself. Right. Go ahead. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I just, over the last few years, I've, I've learned a lot about the league and, and about myself and um, how to best utilize my stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've continued to improve every year i mean there's there's definitely that's true that's that's a fact yeah, there's definitely room to continue to improve um but i don't know i i feel comfortable in, in a late inning role i i've done it quite a bit over the last few years um i have no idea what my role is going to be but um if it is the ninth inning i i feel comfortable and confident with it so cora had cited the other day, like all these stats, I mean, go look up Matt Barnes is the guys with the OPS against him. It was amongst the highest. He's basically insinuating that the way that they used you last year was almost like a closer. Like I don't know if they showed you that. Did they show you that? Did they say, hey, hey, do you realize what you did last year in terms of the guys you were going against? Uh, he gave me a sheet the other day um, with both numbers, but um, he did. Yeah, like with the with the who you went the players you went against. No, it was just uh, Craig and I. Oh, oh, comparing what yeah. like like OPS against and stuff. Yeah, like it was, that? yeah, it was just showing showing our numbers side by side just on that statistic. It wasn't anything else. On on or no, it was high leverage innings pitched. Like how so? You have to describe this piece of paper more for me. It was just Craig and I next to each other, and it just had. The situations in the games in which we pitched, so whether it was down by three, down by two, down by one, all the way to up by three, um, and it just showed how many times you had pitched in those scenarios, and I think it showed the OPS of all of your appearances or something along those lines. How many times have you pitched in the ninth inning? I have no idea. I don't. I didn't memorize it. What? Okay. Well, I don't know. I can look that up. That's the miracles of modern technology. Yeah. Um, but do you think? Do you subscribe? 
even though you don't know how many times you pitch in the ninth inning, do you subscribe to the whole thing of that uh, ninth inning is different than the seventh inning and the eighth inning? Yes. You do? Tell yes. me why. I don't know. It just is. It's the last three outs of the game. I, I, I don't know why it's different. When did? You, but why do you feel that way? Why do you... What, there must be a reason, whether it's, hey, you know, I, it feels different. The hitters approach me different. I don't know. Why do you feel that way? Because you've seen what Craig did? Yeah, I, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know why it's different. I don't disagree with you, by the way. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know why it's different. Maybe it's because it's the last chance. It's like... I think hitters approach a different person. I could see that. I can see them approaching it a little more, a little tighter, a yeah. little like this game is on the line. Right. That's what Billy Wagner told me one time. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. Guys, like it's our last shot. Yeah, it's our last shot, and if we don't, game's over. So, well, how do you? Uh, did you ever think that you would be like, okay, let's say for the sake of this, in a conversation to be a closer, like five years ago? Um, I don't, I don't know if I've ever thought about what role I would be and I've always just thought about it either a starter or a reliever mm -hmm. you know um, when you started relieving I mean relieving starting relieving I remember talking about it, you, you know you have to get used to just the act right. of relieving right obviously I mean I always thought that I could be a closer but in Boston the line of closers you know when I first got up here it was Koji and Koji's a stud mm -hmm. and then when Koji left it, we signed Craig and Craig's a Hall of Famer if he never plays again mm -hmm. so I don't know how much you can actually think and they're, you know, and Craig is still young. I mean, he's in his 30s. Mm -hmm. So when you're pitching behind those guys and those guys have the ninth, I don't know how much you can actually say, oh, I'm going to be a closer here. Mm. Because you're two guys who have been there are, had the ninth and they locked it down. Mm. So I don't know how much you can actually say, oh, well, I'm going to be a closer. I, I mean, I always thought that I could be. Or I thought that I had the stuff to be a closer. Um, but in terms of actually saying I'm going to be I don't I don't know if I did when did you when do you actually start thinking I have the stuff to be a closer I mean obviously you could always throw hard you had a curveball but when did you feel like the last couple of years probably in 17 yeah 17 and then into last year when when what did you learn from watching Craig because you must have learned something too I mean, yeah, it's the way he, way he goes about it, about his business. I was talking to somebody the other day, and um, was it a reporter? Yes. Ah, then this is old news. But go ahead. It is old news. All right, go ahead. I'll tell you. I'll tell you something else I learned. From okay. Him. So, right. so well, you can write something else. All right. All right. Okay. Um, so one of the things that Craig does after every outing he throws is he runs. He'll run after every outing. He'll go up on the treadmill and run a mile, at whatever, six and a half miles an hour. And I never ran after outings. I never did it until last year. Mm -hmm. um, our offense was putting up 48 runs a game for the first month of the season, so I wasn't pitching a ton. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I did pitch, I felt like I kind of had jello legs because they weren't in pitching shape because I wasn't throwing that much. So I was like, the only way that I thought I could maintain the stamina in my legs was to start running or running more than what we were doing out here, going mm -hmm. for a longer distance run. So I started running after every time that I pitched, and I would go up and I would run the mile, and um, he would start where he would work out after games because he never wanted to be tired prior to a game. Mm -hmm. So I started adopting that as well. I was like, that makes a lot of sense. I'm going to work out and then go out, and then maybe five hours later, and then like even if my legs are a little bit fatigued from that, mm -hmm. then you're either A, compromising your workout because you don't want to be fatigued, or you're compromising or 
could be compromising your performance because you are fatigued because you pushed it hard in the weight room. So I started working out after games. Mm. That way, I gave myself the full night to recover going into the next day. You're like, you're like when you talk working out, so you go run a mile, and then yeah. you like bench and squat or whatever, whatever you do. Yeah, all that fun stuff. Yeah, max out on your bench. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. W- watch this, watch this, Craig. I'm, I'm going to push up 350. No, I'm not. I know, uh, but that makes sense. So that's one of the things you learned from yeah. him. In terms of, in terms, yeah, it was, it was the way he went about his business and his work ethic, and how everything that he did, there was a rhyme and a reason. It was nothing he ever did was just because. There was a rhyme, there was a rhyme and a reason that everything that he did. How about as as the actual art of closing? Was there anything? I mean, because that falls under sort of just being a relief pitcher, right? Well, how about the actual art of closing down a game? The art of closing a game. Oh, was there, by the way, was there something else you were going to tell me that was going to advance the story so that I don't, so that I look at better than whoever wrote this? No, I mean, no, I just, the other thing I learned from him was the way he played okay. the game of catch. Okay. So, what? The way he game, played a game of catch. How? Well, this is I, this is what I told somebody the other day. So. Oh, that's oh, so so the running you didn't tell somebody no. the other day, but the game. Of, yes. Tell me the game of catch too, because I don't read anything. So the first time I ever played catch with Craig was in Montreal in our exhibition games in 2016, and um, we were sitting there, and the way that he played his game of catch, everything was so meticulous. He knew everything that was going on, and there was a purpose to every throw. I never taken the game of catch overly serious it was just all right let's get the body loose and whatever mm-hmm. but then i thought to myself i was like man if, if this guy's the best closer on the planet and he pays attention to his game of catch that seriously and that meticulously then i'm a fool for not doing the same thing so i started to really pay attention to that more and really focus more on when i'm playing catch um not only to make sure that I'm doing things the right way, but it allows me to cut down the number of throws that I make in a game of catch. If everything, so if I go out there and then I make 25 throws and I'm loose mm-hmm. and everything feels good, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And if you can cut out five to 10 throws a day for 162 games, that's a lot of throws mm-hmm. that you saved with your arm. And especially when you're playing deep and in, deep into the postseason, mm-hmm. those bullets count when it comes to September, October. That's a good one. I look, I look, I like the other one better. So thanks for giving that exclusively to the Bradford Show. Yep. Uh, ninth inning. So what do I mean? Closing, in terms of okay, we have the game of catch, we have the working out. Those are both relief pitching things, pitcher things. Right. But actually, like the way that he handled closing out a game, like for instance, um, like I remember like talking to Ryan about like he doesn't necessarily want to know where when he's pitching, right? So he's sort of, Ryan Brazier that is, doesn't, doesn't like I remember Papelbon. Papelbon, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this in the fifth, this in the sixth, this in the seventh, this in the eighth. Right. Um, is there something you learned from Craig along those lines of like, how to lead into closing out a game? I mean, it's, I'm going to prepare the same way, whether it's the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got a routine that I go through in terms of studying hitters that are potentially coming up and, and getting my body loose. Um, I mean, he, his mentality about closing the game, I mean, it was just, it was his, and when he went in, the game was over. Mm-hmm. And that was his mentality with everything. I mean, it's, we always joke, man, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to do things the way that he does them on the mound because he does 100 miles an hour 
and the ball rises. I think there was an 88 mile an hour breaking ball. His stuff is just so electric that it's it's hard to emulate what he does mm -hmm. because he's one of like two people in the world that can do that. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it, it's hard to try and pick out how he attacks hitters or how he goes about it that way. You can only kind of look at a mentality standpoint or the way that he works to lead up to that because you can't emulate the hundred that rises from down here mm. from a lower arm slot that is because we're not right. on the camera I'm trying to but yes I can you can you painted the picture with the, thank with, you. Your, with your words thank yes. you um, you can't repeat what he does it's just that's who he is so it's hard to it's hard to take how he attacked hitters in that sense it's but, more of a mentality but does that mentality like you said we, we all you and you grow up we watched closers like you said it was koji you know before that Papelbon, and you have, you have all kinds of closers and, and and craig was sort of the same that that same image of you know here comes the the scoreboard with the fire on it and right. the song and the you know psych right. yourself up and you can say it's the same thing, but when you're the you're a closer, right? It's you, got a certain it's got a certain um, cachet. Yeah, or a certain stigma with it. Yeah. Oh, stigma. Stigma is like you don't suggest that you don't think that you necessarily need the fire on the scoreboard. You can just be yourself. No, the fire on the. I mean, you don't need the fire on the scoreboard. It's cool. <laughs> it's really cool, and they like the matches, and you got the music, and you're like, wow, this is awesome. No, he. Um, yeah, there's a certain, um, I don't know what the word is. No, I, there's a certain characteristic when you look yeah. at them and you're like, that's it. Who was your guy growing up? Whether you like, I mean, you, you grew up in probably yeah. Mariano, right? Honestly, the guy that I loved watching was Java Chamberlain. I loved watching him. When he first came up, his rookie year was lights out. But he wasn't the closer. No. But he was a hundred with a hammer. Yeah. And his energy on the mound is incredible. I just I loved watching Jabba Chamberlain pitch when he came up with the Yankees. In, until the uh, until the bugs got him in Cleveland. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's uh, there you go. But again, not a closer, but still his mentality of when he gets to the mound and yeah. I remember that. I remember Jabba. Yeah. It was the same thing. It was tight with him with Clay Buckles for some really? reason. Oh yeah, it was yeah. weird. It was a weird. Yeah, he, had like, he had like a point six that year. It was disgusting. Oh yeah, yeah. It was disgusting. Um, so will you have the Flames on the scoreboard if, if uh, presented? Or are you going to change your? What was your? What's your uh, entry song this year? Well, what was it last year? Last year was "Every Day" by Eric Prids. Why? Because I love that song. Just because you like the song. Yeah. Okay. Like, I like that Bradley Cooper song that I've got in my head from Fort Myers Station down here all the time. But I wouldn't have it as my intro song. Bradley Cooper? He's an actor. He's a singer, too. Lady Gaga. Oh, that? Oh, you're talking about the song from the movie. Yeah. The Star is Born. Yes. Oh, okay. Fair enough. But I'm not having that as my intro music. Well, I like the song. Yeah, but it's also going to be a song that fires you up. Right. So so that song you had yeah. fired you up. Are you are you changing it up? Yes. What is it? I'm not telling you. Of course. Nope. Why? You know what it is? I know exactly what my song is. Okay. Is it... Uh, or maybe I'll give you the... You want, do you want the exclusive? Yes. You want the exclusive? Yeah, huh? do it right here. <laughs> uh, I'm going to walk out to Wow by Tiesto. Sing it. I can't. Hum it. No. 
Let Why? me pull it up my phone and you can play. Well, no, no, we'll, this is, we'll, we'll drop it. We'll drop it in. I can do that. Um, although I might have some legal ramifications if I do. What, uh, why? I love, I mean, I love techno music and EDM yeah. music, and that's what I listen to, and that song fires me up. All right. So why didn't you have it last year? Did it exist last year? It's a newer song. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a newer, it's a newer song. All right, all right. And, and when a walkout's working and things are going, well, you don't, you don't change it. No, no I, I hear you. You know? Well, things know. went well last year. Yeah. Right, but it's a new year. Right. Okay. Um, what was the most nervous you were last year? So here's the thing. This is where I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna praise you. Most nervous. I'm gonna. I'm gonna praise you. Yeah. I've said this. That game at Yankee Stadium, which you pitched in, the last game at Yankee the Stadium. The clinching game. Yes, the okay. clinching game uh, was a Brazier and you. Yeah. Who pitched it? Brazier to the eighth. Oh. Oh, he did? I threw the seventh. You set oh yeah, you, Brazier, then Sale. Oh then no, Kimbrel. sorry. Brazier that's right, Sale through the eighth. Yes. Craig to the ninth. I threw the seventh, Brazier to the sixth. Yes, yeah. So I was right the first time. Yes, you were. Um but I've I've never been like in a stadium where it felt like that the stands were sort of closing in. And may, you know, like even in the seventh inning when you pitched then it was like, because the fans were sort of out of it, they'd been blown out, but then they're like, okay, desperation, desperation, and and you know, that's why I told Nunez, I mean, like, that play that he made was insane. It was like... It was insane. It was like in the, the stretch that Pierce made. Like, if, if they don't make that play... Who knows? A big who knows. Right. Like, an enormous who knows. Because they probably win that game, then who knows? Right. But, uh, but... So if my point is, is that if you were ever going to feel nervous, despite besides just being on this podcast, if you're going to feel, <laughs> if you're ever going to feel nervous, that would have been the game that I would have felt nervous in. But you handled it. Yeah, were but that, Yankee Stadium is a tough place to play. Yeah, it is. It's a tough place to play. It gets loud there. Um, that was the loudest though I've ever had ever seen. It gets loud there. It does. But you gotta. I mean, I, I was I was so locked in on what I was trying to do. I couldn't look at who was in the box because it was the big boys. I mean, it was Judge, Stanton, and Didi. I mean, that's the heart of their lineup. Those guys, I mean, those so guys. So you man, said you couldn't look, like, so. No, no I, I got my pitch. I'm trying to execute my pitch. And you're trying to and basically, like, make your vision so the, the whatever it is, the left side, the right side right, of the even, plate. Right, even more so than normal. I'm so locked in, and I'm locked in on the eight guys behind me and the other, whatever, 30 guys in the dugout. Yeah. And what, who started that game? Poor started that game, right? Yeah. Poor started that game. And what Poor's had done, and mm-hmm. just how those guys are grinding their ass off and busting their ass. And I'm sure shit ain't going to be me who's going to give it up. I ain't going to do it. And so you're based, when you went in, like you said, more so than maybe ever in your life, you said you didn't look at who was in the batter's right. spot. And I knew that Sale was in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. I knew Sale was in the bullpen, and I knew we had Craig in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. It's my job to get to the ball to the next guy. And I didn't know what order they were throwing in, but when you have Chris Sale and Craig Kimbrell in the bullpen, it doesn't matter what order they throw in. No. Well, you, you don't, you're not looking at the, the actual hitters, but you have to... Are you just relying I, on the? Are you relying no, on I who's, I don't even know no, who's no, catching? I, I, 
when you I know who's that, up, but yeah. you're not looking at them when you're throwing the pitch. Right, right. Okay. I know who's in the box, and I know that I need to execute these pitches. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that I need to get the ball to the next guy. My job is to get the ball to the eighth inning. Get it to the next guy. Mm-hmm. That is my job. And is that, that is our philosophy. Get the ball to the next guy. Is that the most locked in you've ever been in appearance? The whole postseason. I mean, earlier in the series, I had Stanton at the plate with bases loaded and one out at Fenway. Mm-hmm. And you did the same thing. It's the same thing, man. It's the whole postseason. You have to do like that. Especially when the guy sitting in the box is 6-7. And, and the reigning like, MVP. Yes. Yep. So. Yeah. You better make pitches. You make pitches or you don't. Do you ever, I mean, is that something when you do, you just do when you get in that situation? Or is it like you guys like, okay, guys, don't look at the hitter. This is what you want to do. Or... I mean, the one at Fenway, I was like, well, man, you know what? And I had just walked Gardner to get to Stanton. I think that's right. Yeah, I think I just walked Gardner to get to Stanton. I was like, you know what? I was like, man, you better make some pitches quick. Mm-hmm. You better start making some pitches quick. Otherwise, yeah. it's going to get ugly. And you and did. And you just you tunnel vision it. You have to. But uh, my point is is that, yeah, you can, you can you tunnel vision, but you is this something? It seems like you did that more in those cases than you ever had. Yes. Am I wrong? No. Okay. And that's just comes from like, you don't know you're going to do that until you're actually there. No, I can, I did it in the bullpen. It starts, you did? it starts in the pen. Okay. It starts in the pen. But is that you or is that sort of like, no, that's me saying, okay, you know, yeah. I know that it's I have to, it's I have to right. do that. It's go time. I mean, that must've been not to get all like sappy or whatever, but that, that must've been a great learning experience for if you do end up do closing, like, that's a, that would be see, seemingly be a good approach to have every time. No question, no yeah. question. And I, I, I told somebody, it's, it's, well, then forget it. it. No, if no, you no, already no. told someone that, it doesn't get. <laughs> but in those situations, I can't imagine that if I'm in a save situation, if I am throwing in the ninth or whoever, I can't imagine that a save situation in April or May is going to be as tense or as stressful as that situation against the Yankees or second or third against Houston and a one-run game in the seventh mm-hmm. with two outs, you know, mm. where a hit changes the the scope of the game drastically and even potentially a series then. Mm. I can't imagine that it's as stressful or as high well, leverage as that. Be. But that's my point. So then I can use, you use that. But that's the challenge. You use that to, and it's harder, and it's harder to emulate that situation. Right, because if you're, if you're in, if you're in, it's easy to get Baltimore. It's easy to get up for the World Series in the ALCS. If you're in Baltimore with three fans in the stands, right, and you know it's not the same. Right, but But that's when you can look back on that situation and be like, okay, get there. Right, because now you know what that is. Right, once you've established what that locked in is, and that mental scope or that mental perspective yeah once you've established to yourself what that is it's easier to get back to it when did you realize that getting to it in the first place is hard yeah sounds like it sounds like the postseason was a pretty good learning experience for you. no without a doubt yeah without a doubt i mean you're playing on the highest stage in the in the world against the best teams on the planet if you're not locked in you're in trouble but you you can say that, but you never know until you get there. No question. Yeah. No question. That's why you know that, and that's why when you know the whole thing about oh, this is a bullpen going to do it? Do they have enough in the bullpen? Because because you don't know. I mean, you don't know. All you have to go by is a regular season. All we had to go by was a regular season when we're like trying to predict things and everything right. else. But it sounds like you guys sort of 
and you also were sort of like, nah, we know, we know sort of what we're made of and right. what we need to do. Right. I think the, the regular season, we threw, as a whole, the bullpen threw really well for probably 85% of the year. Mm. I remember you said uh, on the radio that it was the best bullpen in baseball. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, and we, you, and we were in the postseason. Right. So you were, you were correct. So Congratulations. Crucial, so at the most crucial time of the season, we were the best. Yes. Right? Okay. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> but it looked worse in the regular season because everybody went through a slump at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right? Everybody went through a slump for that couple of weeks stretch. When was that? August. August. Which yeah. made it seem worse. But for the majority of the year, everybody was throwing really well. Yeah. Well, you peaked at the right time, right? Right. We were just getting ready I mean, for the postseason. Joe Kelly made a lot of money at the right, you know, he pitched I mean, at the what right. What he did in the postseason was incredible. Right, exactly. It was unbelievable. Right, but but it's, it's, I think he's a good example of what you're talking about, which is you you make adjustments, adjust, you learn what you have to learn, right. and then you make adjustments, and then you release the hounds. Right. So, there you go. Okay. All right. Um, how's spring training going? It's going good. We're having yeah. fun. Yeah. That's super. Yeah. I'm glad that you're having fun. Yeah. I mean, it's going good. I mean, body body feels great. Um, you never really know how the body's going to come in after playing an extra month. Um, but they did a, you know, the, the medical staff and coaching staff, strength staff has done a phenomenal job of, of making sure that we had the appropriate rest. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're tapered back now in spring training. Um, to give us, you know, en- enough rest and, and get our bodies into the right position. Did you ever hit 100? Have I ever? No, did you? I remember it was a goal. Last year? Yeah. I'm not sure. I don't think I did last year. I think 99. So you still haven't hit 100? No, I did. When? 16. I hit it probably five or six times. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I've hit it before. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Well, I know you're going to get going. So last question. Do you have any questions for me? That's what. I, that's how I. You know. You should know this. This need, is how. This is. This is how. This is. You. This is how I end. Like end all these podcasts. It's. It's my trademark. What is one goal for you to accomplish during this season? Well, last year that was easy. That was an easy one. Lose fifty pounds. You look great. I ran seventeen miles yesterday. Did you really? Yeah, running the marathon. Good for you. Yeah. You do. You look good. Well, thanks, man. I did. A reachful muscle capacity, all I can do is maintain now. I can't get any stronger. It's amazing. You can always get stronger. Eh, nah, reachful full muscle capacity. Okay. Um, what do I want to do this year? Yep. Um, I'm going to hold you to it at the end of the season. I want, I want, to, uh, I want this podcast to be the greatest podcast of all time. Of all time? Of all, all baseball. Greatest baseball podcast of all time. I want to. I want to grow. Okay. So how I do want, you measure that? Well, you can measure it on iTunes and numbers and okay, everything so else. Okay. So you want to hit subscribers I, or listeners? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Which isn't gonna. I just want it to grow. I want this so to how, grow. I, I want so, this to grow. So, so set a so t- set a tangible. I don't. I don't have the num. I don't have the numbers in front of me. But yeah. I will. I will get those numbers too. Okay. I will deliver the sheet much like Alex Cora delivered the sheet. To okay. You. So it says you want to double. You want to double the number of listeners that you currently have. Yes, that's a good one. So you want, he, you want to double. Here's the problem. Yeah. Here's the problem is that so we're sitting here and I don't know what it is. Like 
over 20 minutes, okay? Yeah. Like, so I'm around you guys, it's yep. fine. You guys are usually pretty accommodating with your time. But when you get in the season, when you ask somebody to do a podcast, like, it's hard. It's hard to, like, hey, can you spend 30 minutes, 40 minutes right. doing this podcast? And, and, that usually those are the best ones where we're just like right now we're at spring training we're just sitting around talking right. but you couldn't do this during the season except we did yeah but it was it's except, a rare except, but that but that one was like except, I'll, I'll go but look that was 19 minutes that was like even then that was and i appreciate that was above and beyond in terms of what usually the time well, I'll give, is i'll give you one or two. we could I'll, I'll promise you one or two during this i appreciate that but this is what i'm saying this is i'm not saying that anyone's an asshole for not doing I know, it i know but it's the the, the time is a challenge yep. like mookie does one one a year usually in july and it's great it's like 30 minutes we sit in a dugout and it's always fantastic but i understand it's like you can only do that once in a while like i did one with craig yeah it was like 13 minutes <laughs> you know it's like right. it was hard and it wasn't it's was not it wasn't a jerk, but I'm like, right. it was, it's, you know, he's running around and stuff right. like that. So my point is that you do you listen to podcasts at all? Um, sometimes, not a ton. So what's the sweet spot in terms of the length of a podcast that you listen to? And when do you usually listen to if you do listen? I really don't listen to them. Okay, that's fine. But usually, but, but yeah, but I mean. Probably right around the 15 minute mark. No, honestly, no. 20 minutes. Like yeah, well, this same. But between. I have a shorter attention span. That's fair, but so there's two different kinds. Like I could just sit around, like, and I can sit around with some writers, and we can just talk, right? Right. Or I could do players and get actually like inside we're talking about it now. That's a different sort of one. Right. Um, or you know, there's different ways to do it. Uh huh. I'm trying to find that sweet spot. I'm trying to find. What would the thing? What would be the podcast that would interest you more, the most? Like, as someone who barely listens to podcasts, what would? Like, would it be something along an entire podcast on relief pitchers running in from the bullpen? Probably not, because I think you can only talk about that so much. That's what I feel like. Yeah. You can only talk about that so much. It would be. Uh, it would be something like maybe. I, I don't know. I mean. Oh, you're talking about just the baseball? Because like I, I uh, wouldn't listen to a baseball podcast, and that's just because I'm in the game. So if much. you if you were gonna conduct this podcast, how would you do it? That would be of most interest to you. Would you just talk about like planning weddings? Would you just talk about? I, mean, I, th I think there's a certain aspect of of the game that you talk about the game and what's going on with the team. But I think there's a lot of it that people want to know the players like who they are right like, who are you yes right i mean you can sit here and we can talk for you know hours about the season and guys and the team and stuff like that but like who are you you know i think it, it gives people and it makes it more personal who who are you as a person and mm. it kind of gives you a little bit into do, do, do you think so do you think players want like so if i go say to players and say you know we do a podcast i want to talk about you Right? Do you think players want to talk about that more than the actual a lot of stuff that we're talking about? I think it's probably an even split. Yeah. You know. Well, play guys don't like talking about themselves. No, but th but there's also only so much you can talk about in baseball. You know. I guess. And, and, and people and and like you get. You can see what's going on on the field. I mean, you know, you're going to talk about a player's perspective of what's going on the field, but fans can't 
they can't see what goes on outside of the field, really. You know? Yes. Like, you don't connect on that level as much. But some guys don't want to talk about that. As much, well, you know, that's, that's their prerogative, right? Who is, the, who is the person outside baseball that you would love to interview the most? Person outside of baseball that I would love to interview the most? That would be the coolest to, coolest to meet slash interview. That you would like to sit down and have a conversation with. Because I'm going to make that happen, and then we'll, we'll do it on this podcast. There's probably three people. I've always said I want to... Jesus Christ, Abe Lincoln, and... Well, no, they're all, they're all living, because we're going to try and... Okay. Shaquille O'Neal. Okay. Dwayne Johnson. Okay. And... Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart? The comedian. Yep. Why? 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 It's hysterical. Uh, okay. All right. Well, uh, we'll we're gonna effort that. We're gonna, if I do that, you'll. We, if I. Good luck getting Kevin Hart now with the way you responded. Listen, that's sometimes that's the best way to get people to come on. Maybe. You rip them and then they say, "Hey, to come on and defend yourself." All right, Shaq, Dwayne Johnson, Kevin Hart, AKA The Rock. Yes, I. I, I well, just in case. Okay. All right. All right. We'll make that happen. This we. This is good because we've set goals for ourselves. That's if we're gonna do anything today, it's good that we set goals for us. I had a terrible goal. That's a terrible goal. Let me get back to you on that goal. Okay. I mean, I wanted to say the usual, which is, be a better person. Yeah. No. Um, be better at my job. Be a better husband. Be a better wife. No, you have to uh, set, Be a better father. Right, how do you measure that? Set a tangible. Here's like you either do it or you don't. Here's my goal. Right? Well, I'm going to run the marathon. Yep. Okay. So that's a goal. The Boston Marathon? Boston Marathon. Nice. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, I also, my other goal is to raise enough money so I can send my last child to college. Awesome. That's That's a goal. <laughs> okay. If you want to contribute to either one of those, go okay. ahead. All right. I, uh, thank you for taking all this time. Yes, absolutely, man. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.